0: So we've been in a series that's titled Elemental, and uh, we've talked about it each week. Elemental is something that is from foundation, something that is primary, something that is basic. Okay, that's what it means, something that is elemental. And we've talked about five things up to this point. Today is going to be our sixth and final week of this series. But the five things that we've talked about are things that are crucial, elemental to the walk of a Christian. We've talked about the importance of the Word of God and reading the Word of God. Every single day, you should read the Word of God. We talked about the importance of prayer. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. It means you don't stop to pray. You don't wait for a special occasion to pray. You're continually connected to God, talking to him and praying. We talked about baptism. Baptism in water, full water baptism. A couple of things about baptism. Number one, it's not done as a child. This is not something that a parent says, we're gonna baptize the baby. And, 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 and this, this is something that you do when you understand what it is that you're doing and you make the choice to be baptized, which is the representation of dying to the flesh, resurrecting or coming up to life as a new creation. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it is a spiritual circumcision Of the old man being cut off so that we can be more sensitive to the voice of god so that we can follow with more purity what god wants of us we talked about worship that it's more than just a song worship is our life everything that we do brings worship honor onto god and last week we talked about going out about evangelism the bible says that the great commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And what does it mean to go into all the world? It means our area of influence, our world. Some of you walk in a different world than I walk in. Some of you work in a different profession. You, work, you, you go to a different grocery store. I'm a Costco guy. You might be a BJ's person. I go to Publix. You might go to Winn-Dixie or Sedano's, Aldi's. I don't know. We all have different places that we go to. But that place that we frequent, frequent that is our world. And we are into our world to tell everyone about Jesus. It is our responsibility as believers to tell everyone. And today, as we wrap up this series, we're going to talk about something that is equally important and something that we've talked about, as a matter of fact, throughout the entire year several times, because God had put into our heart as a church that this was going to be the year of love. And today we're going to talk about love again. See, many of us as Christians, we we forget that we're supposed to love. Now, follow me with this logic here. We're going to go through the scripture, and and we're going to go through this logic here. The first thing is this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. You can look it up. You can write it down. 1 John 4, 8 says this. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. Say that with me. God is love. One more time. God is love now watch if you go all the way to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 this is God he says then God said let us who is us is God the Father God the Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the original language, this uses the word Elohim which is the plural word for God so everyone was there God the Father God the Son Holy Spirit three in one great mystery that can't be understood So they were there and he says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over this fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, of the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So, First John says God is? So if God is love, And God created us in his image when you and I surrender to God, when we become a child of God. And I'll take a little segue on there. Not everyone is a child of God. Some of y'all look at me funny. Not everyone's a child of God. Biblically speaking, we are all creation of God. But when you surrender your life to God and accept his son Jesus... That is when you are grafted in, you are adopted into the family of God where you can call Jesus your older brother and God the father. At that moment that you are grafted in, that you are adopted, you take on his similitude, you take on his attributes and personality and at that moment in time, as a son or daughter of God, you and I are supposed to walk and show love. Why? God is love. See, do you remember what John 3.16 says? For God so loved the Cubans that he gave his only begotten son. No, no, that's not what it says. For God so loved the people in, you know, Africa. For God so loved this or that. No, no, no. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. He loved everyone... So he gave his son. And then it says that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Again, this is where we people, this is when people believe in Jesus, accept Jesus, they shift from God's creation to God's son or daughter. Okay? Now, let's talk about the word love. There's different words that mean love. In this society that we live in, we overuse that word to an extreme. I love my pumpkin spice latte. I love my new iPhone. I love my car. I love my shoes. I love my socks. I love my this. I love we love everything, right? But in the Bible there's three different words for love. There's there's phileo love, which is that fraternal Brotherly love is where you get Philadelphia comes from that from Phileo, which is why Philadelphia is known as a city of brotherly love. Not actually because they love people, but because the name Philadelphia comes from Phileo and Phileo is a brotherly love. There's Eros love. Eros love is where we get erotic or erotica from. That word is the love between a husband and wife. It it, it is that love that brings intimacy and intimacy will then bring multiplication, fruitfulness, right? So that is that type of love. But God, when he says, for God so loved the world, it's the word agape. And it's different conjugations. There's agape, agapau, and and there's different conjugations of it. But what agape means, it's an unconditional love. Broken down, it is a love by choice. So if we read John 3.16 again, we can say, For God so unconditionally loved, for God so chose to love the world, that he gave his only son. That he who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That is that love that is unconditional. See, many of us love people for what they can give us. So let me show this person love because this person has the power to promote me or demote me. Let's show this person love because they give good Christmas gifts. Some people we don't talk to all year, but we'll call them in November. You know, let's get it ready for December. The ones that are laughing know I'm being truthful. The ones that looking at me funny know that's you. (laughs) Real love, agape love, is unconditional. It is a love by choice. And that's the new commandment that Jesus gave us. See, in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, and I hope you're taking notes. You can read these things later on, okay? John 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus talking to the disciples, that's what he said. A new commandment I give to you, that you agape, unconditional love, that you choose to love each other as I have unconditionally loved you. I mean, stop there for a second. Judas betrayed Jesus, and Jesus knew he was going to do it, but he still chose to love him. I mean, that's a deep message to unpack, even of itself. Jesus knew what Judas was going to do, but he still chose to love him. So he tells the disciples, a new commandment I give to you. And this comes after the time where they ask Jesus, the, the, the Pharisees, and, 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 and they asked try to trick Jesus. And they're like, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. In these two things, all the laws and the prophet. Loving God, loving people. Choosing to love God, choosing to love people unconditionally so Jesus tells the disciples a new commandment I give to you that you unconditionally love by choice one another as I have unconditionally and by choice loved you that you also unconditionally and by choice love one another and watch verse 35 by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another See this, by this choosing to love people, everyone will know that you follow me, that you're my disciple. You know what happens? There is a great number of Christians all around this world that forget to love. And because of that, there's people that choose not to pursue God or go to church because of a bad experience with a Christian that did not show them love. So what are we supposed to do? We are called, we must walk in love. We must show love. We must speak in love. We must love. Now, can I be honest with you guys? Is that okay if I'm honest? I don't pass. I don't get a passing grade on this every day. Sometimes I don't say things in the most loving manner. And I got to catch myself, repent, get right with God, then suck it up and go to the person and apologize. I'm sorry that this, I said this wrong way. Sometimes it's not enough to just say I'm sorry to God. All right? You hurt somebody. And that somebody that you hurt might never want to hear of God again. And when you get right with God and God urges you, now go to the person and say, I'm sorry for X, Y, or Z. That's why I said you got to suck it up. Go. We must show love. Do we always do it? No. I, I, (laughs) I went to Wendy's the other day. I'd been here working all morning long. I was hungry. We had a few volunteers. I think Ms. Barbie was here. Uh, I don't remember who else was here. And I was getting hangry. Okay. And at one point in time, I said, I'm going to walk to Wendy's. I'm going to get something to eat. So I walked over to Wendy's. It's walking distance and I walk inside and, you know, I wait my turn and I ordered my food. I, I was really hungry. So I ordered, uh, <laughs> I ordered a single and a 10 piece chicken nuggets. Don't judge me. And I tell the lady it's to go. And she brings it up and I pay. And the young lady who begins to prepare my food didn't read on the bottom that said to go, so she starts to put things on a tray. And the other lady tells her, look, it's to go. She's like, okay, cool. So she pulls out a bag, and she grabs the burger. She goes to put them in, and she grabs the thing of chicken nuggets, and one of the nuggets falls out of the box onto the paper of the tray, right? Which is cool. And she proceeds to grab the nugget with her hand. Not wearing gloves. Just grab the nugget and put it in the bag. And look at her. I was like, you can't touch my food with your hand? And she... Looked at me and shrugged. I said, Miss, I wasn't very loving, sorry. I was angry. I told you. I was like, Miss, you cannot touch my chicken nuggets with your hand. You need to throw it away. That's what the law says. And give me a fresh one. And now that you mixed it in there, you got to throw the whole thing away. So she looks at the manager. She still didn't get it. She looks at the manager, and the manager turns around. And she's like, I, and she's like, throw it away, <laughs> give him a new one. When I see her again, if she still works at Wendy's, I need to apologize. Because it wasn't very loving. <laughs> my nuggets with her fingers. Y'all agree with me on that, right? All right, good, all right. I'm just being honest. Guys, yes, I walk in the office of a pastor. That's what I am called by God to do. But I am flesh. I have temptations. I sin. I sometimes say things a little too directly. And if I've hurt you, and I realize it, you've probably experienced an apology from me. Why? Because I know what I'm supposed to do. I gotta walk in love. I gotta say things with love. I must love. But sometimes I mess up. See, the only one that didn't mess up was Jesus. And part of the problem with Christianity today is that we're very quick to point out wrongs and forget to love. See, and this is why we're living in a time of society where if I tell you that I disagree with something because it goes against what God says in the Bible, automatically I'm told I have no love. But no, I can discipline, I can say something is wrong before the eyes of God and still show you love. I mean, I don't stop loving my daughters when they do something wrong. I correct them because I love them. I discipline them because I love them, but I still love them. And so what happens is many times, there's people that are doing something that goes against the heart of God, and we know it because the Bible says it, but we don't show them love. We just criticize, we condemn, we put down. Newsflash, that's wrong too. We are called and we must walk in love with everybody, to everybody. See, you're not called to like everybody. I like all of you, don't worry about it. (laughs) We're not called to like everybody, but we're called to love everybody. It's not easy. It's not easy. See, it requires you going out of your way to show love to some people. Like somebody that did something to you and you go out of your way to say hello. You go out of your way to be a blessing, to show them the love of God. Because do you know what the Bible says in the book of Romans? That while we were yet still sinners, God loved us and has sent his son to die for us. Not when we got better, not when we stopped doing things that were wrong, it's while we were still sinners, while we were still in our sin, God chose to love us. Then church, we must remember that we've got to love other people. Colossians chapter 3, if you go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. It talks about the character of the new man, and starting in verse number 12, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse number 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There's two things that jump out on me, at me in this passage of scripture and it comes out twice. It's in verse number 14 and in verse number 12. It says, put on. Put on. Verse number 14 says, put on love. You know what that's telling you? It's the same word agape. It says every single day, Clothe yourself. Put on love. Before you leave your house, put on love. Let me ask you a question. How many of you brush your teeth before going to bed? Raise your hand. If you brush your teeth before going to bed. That's good. Dentists would be happy. Put your hands back down. How many brush your teeth when you wake up? Now, okay, watch. Watch. Follow this logic with me, okay? Did any of you eat while you were sleeping? I mean did you get up and do something that your teeth now has a piece of corn while you were sleeping no but what happens while you were sleeping you were doing nothing so the bacteria in your mouth begins to grow and multiply which is why you wake up in the morning with stinky breath if you didn't know it it's because of bacteria in your mouth so you brush them before going to bed but because you did nothing, bacteria grew and your breath got stinky, so you woke up and you brushed them again. Perhaps you gargled some scope before going to bed, brushed your teeth, then woke up in the morning, gargled again and brushed your teeth. Why? Because when you do nothing, even if you go a prolonged amount of time down the day without talking, you begin to get bad breath. That's the natural. Can we go to the spiritual? See, when you stop pursuing God for a period of time, you get stinky breath. When you stop reading scripture, you get stinky breath. When you stop praying, you get stinky breath. And we've got a bunch of Christians going out into their day with stinky breath. That's what the Bible says, put on. See, before you leave the house in the morning, Go read the Bible. That's, you know, gargling some scope. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in worship. You're brushing your teeth. You're putting on. Come on, you don't leave your house buck naked. You were born buck naked and they put clothes on you. Every single day we put on. We must put on love. Because that's how the world knows that we're disciples of Christ. The world knows. I mean, some of y'all people slay people not being the spirit. You just had bad breath. And that's what's happening. We're going into the world. We're going into our workplace. We're going to our school. We're going to Costco. We're going to all the different places that we go, our world, without having brushed our spiritual teeth. And the world says, this guy says one thing. He dresses nice. He does all these things. But man... Can he use the tic-tac? We must walk in love. We must show love. We must. We must. It's not a suggestion. It's a requirement of God as a Christian, as a son or daughter of God, to put on love. Church, don't forget to love. Don't forget to love. It's elemental to love people. Don't forget to love.